I remembered what I kept trying to say last time that I had forgotten about. Right. Remember, I was like, I thought of something really cool I wanted to start with and I forgot what it was. Oh, I remember. I'm really glad I don't have to brush my teeth or comb my hair to do this. Oh, are you? I am. <laughs> it's very casual. Well, now that we're laying things out, honey, <laughs> I kind of wish you would brush your hair and your teeth before we podcast. Guess what, Chris? <laughs> Double guns. Double guns. My teeth, my hair, my choice. Hello, Chris. Hello, Sharon. Welcome to season two, episode three. Yes, thank you. Of The Crown. Welcome to you as well. Lisbon. The Crown. Lisbon. The Crown cast. Planes, trains, boats, and automobiles. All right. Makes more sense than Lisbon. What was in Lisbon? That's where they met on the boat. Oh. Because we saw that scene before, remember? It was the very beginning of episode one. Yeah. We've been working up to this. Yeah. So now we're all caught up. Yeah. We're back up to the part where they hate each other again. I guess they don't really hate each other. They don't They were just sort of... They were lovey-dovey for a while, and then they were pissy at each other. I, yeah. I mean, they're in a relationship that they have to be in. I don't want to use the word stuck, because I don't think they feel stuck. Philip called it a prison. (laughs) I mean, TV Philip called it a a prison. (laughs) He did. That might not have been a great selection of words. No, probably not. Not a nice thing to say to one's spouse. That's not a nice thing to say to one's spouse. I'd put your ass on a boat if you said that to me. I'd deserve it. We're picking back up from where we left off from the previous episode. Philip is in Antarctica. They're on their way home. They're going to pass by the overseas territories. Eileen is still planning on divorcing Mike. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're kind of just like reiterating some of this stuff at the beginning of the episode. Mm-hmm. It was about, say, two thirds of the way through where I, where I came up with the idea for the title of the Crown Cast. Okay. Because they kept going places just to like do the same thing they were doing at the last place. They really were. Like it was all about travel and being frustrated. <laughs> you're right. You're very, you're correct about that. A hundred percent. Yes. So, so that's where that came from. That is exactly what this episode was about. No other choices. Good today. job. <laughs> Good job. So I guess uh, Eileen sent a letter to Buckingham Palace announcing her intention to defect. A great day, comrades. We sail into history. Sorry, announcing her intention to divorce her husband. You know, here's one of the things that I noticed about... Here's the thing. With Shannon. This episode... 
in particular, and this has happened with previous episodes, but it was really, really evident with this episode. So they have X number of storylines. Right. We'll say three or four storylines. The amount of time that we spend on each storyline before going to the next one is teeny, 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 tiny. So they're switching all these scenes over and over and over and over again. And it makes it hard to regurgitate all of that in a linear fashion. It's very true. They are cutting back and forth from all kinds of different characters and all kinds of different situations a lot. And there's lots of characters. There are. There was a point where, where you asked me who that was. And I was, <laughs> I was telling you. <laughs> and it was just because I've, I've kind of gotten to a point where I know all the characters pretty well. Right. I did have to go back to last week's episode and look up what's her name's name. Eileen's. Yes. <clears throat> um, but other than that, like I got all the mustaches. See, all the mustaches, man. They all look the same to me. Well, they're going to resolve some of those issues in this episode. <laughs> Thank <so>. God. <laughs> Philip called them the dreaded mustaches, <laughs> which was hysterical. I agree, Prince Philip. I oh, sorry, he's not Prince Philip yet. I Spoiler agree, word. Duke of Edinburgh. I agree. So we don't have to go scene by scene and break everything down and analyze. We can just kind of go through quickly if you want to make this a short episode and we could just give it what for. If you want. I kind of like one scene by scene. Okay. As small as the scenes are, I just want to vent my frustration that I wish they would give us a little more. Like, I'm blaming the editing for this. Not only does it make it difficult to talk about, I mean, how rude for them to do that to us. Right. How rude. But it also changes my mood very quickly. Yes. I don't want to do that. Right. It's taking me on this emotional roller coaster and I want I want a proper beginning, middle and end. I know they're just episodes, though. They all go together. So it's all coming up to the. The climax towards the end of the season and then well it's like we just started stuff. the season this i is know episode three yeah and it seems like we have been kind of stuck in the same thing since the end of the first season well we have because we've just gotten back around to where the season started again i agree with you it's a little chaotic the mm-hmm. way they're doing it like other shows that we watch are more episodic so i guess these first three episodes of the season are really just like three parts of one long episode, I think is what happened. Yeah. Okay, we haven't even started talking about the episode yet, really. I know. (laughs) And we're like 45 minutes in. All right. This is the longest episode ever. Hit it. Let's let's do this thing. We saw the Navy. We saw the letter that Michael was reading at Buckingham Palace from Eileen. They reference it later. Right. So that's when Michael calls Tommy. Mm Mm-hmm. Bart Reynolds. Magnum P.I. Yeah, that's the one. Magnum P.I. So he calls Tommy. He calls in the big guns for help. Mm-hmm. And then we also see that P.M. Eden is coming back from Jamaica. Right. He has apparently not been uh, well talked about in his absence. Yeah. The country's kind of a wreck. But before we get into that, we get a great scene from Buckingham Palace with Liz and the family because they get a package from Philip with all the films. She's narrating his letter and kind of talking about what's up on screen. Right. I thought that was really fun. Margaret's like, yes, they've all grown beards. (laughs) 
<laughs> she said that makes them look a little shifty. <laughs> and it did. I'm going to go ahead and say this was like my favorite part of this episode. Yeah. So this was like 1956, 1957. I did get a little excited because, you know, my dad was in the Antarctica right. in the mid to late yes. 50s. But I don't know exactly when he was there. I think this is probably just a year or two before he was there. He did two stints. One in 1959, but I don't know if his if that was his first stint or his second stint. If that was his second stint, then he may have been there in 1957. It was around that time anyway, which sure. is kind of cool. That is pretty cool. Maybe they saw the same penguins. <laughs> but then the whole time this is happening, we're also cutting back to Tommy and Michael, because they're trying to figure out how to help the crown help themselves. Oh, my gosh. I still don't get this whole Parker divorce, like, ruining the entire monarchy. It's such bullshit. Like, I understand how it's scandalous because, ooh, scandal. Right. What holds the monarchy together in the first place? Twigs and sap? Money? Well, I mean, because they're kind of part of the government, but not really. That I don't know about. And am I interested enough to go find out? I'm not. If John Oliver talks about it on his show, <laughs> then I feel like I'll understand. I wonder if we can call in and ask him to do an episode on the monarchy. That would be nice. Write that down. Okay. If we get to go to uh, L.A. to the taping of uh, last week tonight, we uh, will invite all of our listeners. Absolutely. Elizabeth wrote Philip a letter. Yes. And he got it on his little boat. And can we talk? Can we talk about... Can we have some real talk? Real talk about not only how tacky it is to pass around a letter from someone's wife around to the boys. Right. Not to mention all of these men are under him. To a boat full of seamen. To a boat full of seamen. But this is the fucking queen of fucking England. People... Have some fucking respect, for Christ's sake. Have some bloody respect. That's not cool. That was really not cool. That's just not cool on so many levels. And I know I'm preaching to the choir here. But come on. It was actually Philip reading that letter aloud. I mean, I'll give him some points for pausing and not reading the one part. Right. But that was even bullshit. That's ridiculous. Yeah, the fucking boys club. And then uh, PM Eden's cabinet has turned on him. Yes. There was there was a lot of harumphing. In I wrote down, there was I wrote down war is bad. Things are tough. The old white men in suits appear disappointed and maybe even a little angry. Yeah, maybe even just a little bit angry. The mustache brigade. <laughs> what is that? That's a chicken. Have you even seen a chicken? Gotcha. <laughs> That's points to Chris if you're following along. Oh, my God. Oh, thank God I turned away from the microphone or else that would have been like. Yeah. Top of the scale there. Oh, I hope you people watch Arrested Development. If you don't, you're only getting a fraction of these jokes. 
So then there was a, there was a little scene with uh, Tommy in the park, sort of casually sitting there, just waiting for Eileen to notice him. <laughs> right. So that he could ask her to please not divorce. What's his name? <laughs> or to at least not make it public. Just don't. Just stop for just a little bit. Live with your displeasure for a while. She's like, fuck you, buddy. Yeah, good for her. Yeah. I'm so you rooting do for what her. You gotta do. <sighs> yeah. I'm just like, that's the only thing that had me going through this episode is like rooting for Eileen. Well, she gets good lines about it, too. She does. Yeah. She's not taking guff from anyone from the no. queen on down. No. And I love it. Not that he would recognize the children. <laughs> He even Tommy even tries to like empathize with her and be like, you know, I'm gone a lot too, blah, blah, blah. And she's just like, no, yeah. no, she's not having it, not having any of it. Good for her. Yeah, really. They didn't make a big fuss out of it, but Elizabeth um, is going to Sandringham. Mm-hmm. And she said Michael cleared her schedule out for a couple days to to let her go to Sandringham. Okay. You know, they they didn't play it up too much, but it was kind of like you could see sort of Michael pulling those strings. Like OK. Michael saying, I'm going to take the queen up to oh, Sandringham right. for a couple days. I missed that. Yeah, I'm glad you said that. And she needs to fucking chill for a minute. Right. OK. And it was just like it was just her in the car on right. the way to Sandringham. It wasn't like the family was going. It was just queen getting away for a couple of days. Right. Or Michael taking the queen away for a couple of days. Yeah, but that was nice. But then, like, they go there, and immediately, uh, Eden is on his way there. Right. And then Eden resigns because Eden's not really well. And was, everyone's turned on Eden because of the war. Right. So finally the right call. But then, like, then they're back home. Then they're back on the train going back to London. Yeah. So what's the purpose of what the was whole... the point? I have no idea. Yeah. It was just, it, it was a lot of goings on about mm-hmm. not very much happening. This one thing happening. Right. And then on the train ride back home, Michael has to sort of awkwardly talk to right. Elizabeth about. About the Parker's divorce. About the Parker's divorce. Which I'm glad they started calling it that because it's much easier to refer to it that way. So new prime minister. Check. After Eden resigns, Harold McMillan. I did not know his name. Thank God he has a mustache uh-huh. so I can tell him apart. From all the other old white men with mustaches. Sarcasm. Boom. He'll be prime minister for a little while and he will be known for his pragmatism, his wit and his unflappability. He totally cannot be flapped. Flap, flap, flap. So that's cool. Yeah, sure. He's re- conservative. Like, well, all yeah, of them. I recognize the guy like he's been in the show before. I just... I never caught his name. I think he was the one when Eden got back. I think he was the one person at the table that actually spoke to Eden, that actually spoke up. Okay. And was like, this war is bullshit. And Eden was like, I specifically remember you voting for the war. And he said, that was when it was legal. Right. I think that was the same guy. Yeah, yeah. I think it was. Okay, good. I just, I don't, I don't. I never got his name from from previous episodes. Well, then there's a little bit of consistency then. And we shall remain a united government. But we're not a united government, are we, Anthony? The war you insisted on has left us as divided as Caesar and Pompey and the country in chaos. There is no petrol in the pumps. There are no tins on the shelves. Our allies are aligned against us. Our international reputation is in tatters. 
How adroitly your weather vane spins, Harold. You were for the war, as I remember. Only as long as it was legal. You liar. So the word is starting to get around. Mm-hmm. Um, Elizabeth sends a note to the boat. Yes. So Mike and, and Philip start having their chat. Did you notice that when Michael walked in, so Philip got the note, Philip called him to his quarters. Michael walks in. Philip was painting a watercolor. I did see that. Very pretty watercolor of a bird. Philip is quite a painter. Is he? He uses more oils than other. Prince Charles is the big watercolorist among the royals. Enough that he has sold... $2.8 million worth of prints of his watercolors that he has given to his charities. Well, good for them. Apparently he doesn't sell the originals, but I looked through his stuff and it's really lovely. I think it's much better. Well, of course, Churchill worked in a completely different medium, but I like his stuff better than Churchill's. I kind of have a soft spot for watercolors. Yeah, that's fair. And, uh, you know, a little impressionism, a little French shit going on. But he does a lot of like watercolor landscapes and likes to paint places that he's been and places on his visits. It's very sweet. I'm just glad to know that the Royals have found some uh, some meaningful hobbies to do with their time outside of their busy workaday lives. I'm glad they're artistic. I'm glad they They recognize that. I'm trying to be a jerk, but I don't have any words for it. Oh, why are you being a jerk? Well, because, like, what do they really do other than be royal? The Queen of England is mostly decorative now. They're very busy being royal. Right. I know Philip had to take five months to go to Antarctica. Do you know how long it takes to get to Antarctica? Five months. I just said that. I'd be two and a half there and two and a half back. Not not good at maths. I think it's wonderful that they have an appreciation for the arts. That's fine. I think that's good. I don't think you should make fun of them for it. I think we should make fun of them for being royal is is what I'm getting at. Oh. That's just me not understanding royalty. and. Maybe you need to do some research on that then. You're not going to do it. God damn it. So this conversation between Mike and Philip, is that when Philip asks him to resign? It is. Tells him to resign? Yeah. Yes. Yes. I think I think there's I think there's a couple of scenes in between. I think you're right, because I think what happens is he Michael walks in with the letter from Queen Elizabeth while Duke of Edinburgh is painting his watercolor. Right. And then then there's some scenes and then they come back and he's like, okay, you know what this means, right? Yeah. He's like, yeah. So Elizabeth goes to see Eileen. Mm -hmm. Meanwhile, which was, which was a weird little scene and they have tea. Might I ask you a favor? I've had enough of favors to you people. My entire adult life has been favors to you. You people aren't even remotely aware of the cost of the damage to families and marriages in your service. Eileen is like, yeah, I don't care what you say. I'm still going to divorce this asshole. Right. And she's like, here, read this letter. 
Which brings us to one of our questions last week. Oh, okay, good. Last week, one of our questions was, is that really what caused, was that really the tipping point in their divorce? Did this letter thing really happen? Is that really what came around and what was being passed around and what gave her evidence and things like that? Okay. There's no evidence of that at all. There's no evidence that he was cheating on her. No hard evidence anyway. Right. Most of the things in the show are kind of made up. Well, sure. (laughs) Except for the actual historical stuff. But the Parkers actually divorced. But they definitely divorced for sure. And Mike was definitely fired. And Mike definitely resigned. Right. He was not fired. He resigned. But yeah, there's no evidence that a letter or anything like that existed. Okay. So then in the show universe, like Mike is off the boat, just like that. Boom. Literally. Philip's like, yeah, we'll drop you off somewhere. Yeah. I think Gibraltar's over there. Let's pop you off at Gibraltar. You can get a cab back to London. And then like, it's all about the headlines. They're in fucking crisis management. What a mess. It's the media, man. They blow everything up. Fake news. Sad. The level of stupidity is incredible. The headlines, they're all just like, oh, I don't know what to do. The headlines were huge. Where do they even find typeface that big? I think they have to make them. It was (laughs) huge. They had to carve them out of stones. (laughs) But then I guess what they decide to do with Tommy's help Mm -hmm. is orchestrate the whole return to London. Right. For Philip. Right. So I think they said they were going to bring him back a day early or something like that. Okay. But even then, it's like he's on the boat and then he's on the plane and then they get into a car and then they're on a boat again. Like. And then we're back at the beginning again. And then we're back at them having their chat about what they can really do to save their marriage. He goes right from being on the boat with all of his buddies, though, back to the dog and pony show. Where he's being well, told exactly what to do and what to wear and how to act and when to take his hat off and why he's wearing his hat in the first place. And that was a really good line, by the way. He's like, I don't even like hats. Yeah. And Michael was like, it's it's not the wearing of the hat. It's the taking off yeah. of the hat. Yes. Which I thought was pretty witty. I hate hats. I believe its value on this occasion is not in its being worn, but in its being removed. Uh, that's that's the whole thing with the royalty. It's the dog and pony show. Right. It's all about the image. It's not about the substance at all. Right. The thing that reminds me of is when Michael and Elizabeth are on the train back to London mm-hmm. after her couple of days at Sandringham. Mm-hmm. Michael tells her the Parkers are going to d- get divorced. Right. And in that first instance... She's genuinely sorrowful. Yeah. Like you can see on her face. The face acting is strong with this one. Like you can see it. She's like, oh, that's really too bad. And she's she's really concerned. Right. But then as Michael keeps talking, it all just becomes about the politics, Mm -hmm. the presence, the image, what it all means for the the monarchy. Just like with Margaret's non-marriage. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So you see the real person for like half a second. Mm -hmm. You see the person first, a little bit, and then you see Her Royal Highness Queen Elizabeth. Exactly. 
And it's just, it just makes me sad. Yeah. Like, I wish they could just be real people for most of their day. Yeah. That's a so, really good point. That would be exhausting. Right? And on, on I guess you get used to it, but On shit. the one hand, like, I sort of empathize with Philip, because that's all he really wants. He just... He wants to be a real person. You're right. Like, but I don't, he I don't want to be a like genuine person. Yeah. Oh, right. Oh, complicated. So we've come back around to Philip and Elizabeth being together. <sighs> I would not want to come home to that look. <sighs> well, don't be an asshole. Fair enough. I and you won't. <laughs> the rumors still haven't gone away. And we're back to the beginning of episode one again. I felt like this time, first of all, I think they added some things. They did. This time, I had a lot more feelings this time than I did the first time they did these scenes. Right. I was, I guess I was more invested in it because I was like, I realized I was like leaning forward in my chair, like with my arms on the dining room table, like a gog, like waiting to see what happens. Right. Well, we're all familiar with this filmmaking technique. Mm -hmm. Like they show you a scene from the end. Right. And then we go back. However, however far back in the past we have to go. Three episodes. And then we watch all this stuff. And so now we're caught up again uh -huh. to the future where we started. And it all makes sense past. now. And it makes more sense. But what has it really done? I mean, other than us caring about these characters more this time around, what has it really done for the show? I think they mean for us to be kind of on the edge of our seats for those whole three episodes waiting to see what happens. But I don't remember it for that long. Right. We're also not watching this show. We're not binging it. And we're not watching even not a week at a time. We're watching weekly. about once every couple of weeks. Right. So. so maybe that's, you know, it's our fault because we're watching it. No. Fortnightly. No, that's lazy. True. I agree. That's lazy. I'm just saying I'm sh not sure it really helps the storytelling. At yeah. This at this point, I don't think it me. does. They had a, a bit of their orchestrated photo op coming off the plane and then mm -hmm. they get back on the boat. <clears throat> and then they're they're having their their frank talk. And that's where we've seen part of this footage again. Mm -hmm. And then we see the rest of the conversation after Elizabeth says, what's it going to take for this marriage to work? Right. And Philip asks for the respect of the mustaches, the dreaded mustaches, the dreaded mustaches. So she gives him a princedom. Hey, I'm a prince. I'm a prince. I guess I didn't understand to this point that his title of Duke didn't really mean very much of anything. Mm -mm. So, Dukes are a dime a dozen. So I guess what they're doing is giving him a title mm -hmm. because while he can't be king, he can have some sort of other title because they can do that. Right. Just to make him happy. I don't know if that makes him above Prince Charles or not, because that was his complaint. Sure. He's like, I'm below my eight year old son. Right. She's like, well, of course, he's the heir to the throne. It definitely doesn't make Philip heir to the throne by any means. Sure. But maybe just brings him up a little bit in status. He didn't seem really thrilled to be getting it anyway. He didn't. He had that sort of uh, 
almost dead inside look on his face mm-hmm. during the whole proceedings. More pomp, more circumstance. The queen, however, was beautiful. Is it tiara time? <laughs> it's tiara time. Nice. While wearing Queen Alexandra's Kokoshnik for the ceremony. So, yeah, let's have some tiara time because we've missed out on it the past couple episodes. That's true. She wears this crown to a lot of her overseas state visits. She really, really likes this crown. And it was very pretty. It's beautiful. And it's similar to the other fringe tiaras that she has. But the fringes are huge and bold and big and strong. I feel like it's a very... It's got a lot of strength behind this tiara. It's really, I love it. I absolutely love it. It's not all frilly and dainty. It's like hardcore tiara. It's just diamonds all the way down. It's diamonds all the way down. This Russian style tiara was a present from the Ladies of Society to mark the silver wedding anniversary of King Edward VII and Queen Alexandra in 1888. It was made to Alexandra's request and passed after her to her daughter-in-law, Queen Mary of Tech, who was Queen Elizabeth's grandmother and Queen Elizabeth inherited it. It's one of her favorite tiaras. Same scene. Queen Mom is in the Greville. I don't know if it's pronounced Greville or Greville. It's G-R-E-V-I-L-L-E. Tiara, which is pretty much all she wore in the last part of her life. That's the only tiara. She wore, she's worn it. We've talked about it before on the crown cast. And that's what I have for tiaras. Okay. Thanks. So the Duke gets a promotion and a sword. Right. And Michael loses his mustache. Yeah. And uh, I thought it was kind of funny because he looked like a kid who just beat up an eight year old to become king of the hill. (laughs) Like The look on his face was just like, yeah, I'm a badass. I guess. Yeah. And his first order of business is telling Michael that he has to shave his mustache through his wife. I don't think I caught that Philip started that. Well, we didn't see it. Oh. But we saw Elizabeth. Right. Go tell Michael something. Right. And then Michael shaving his mustache. What makes you think that Philip had Elizabeth do that? Why would she do it otherwise? Because Philip had been bitching about the mustaches. You think she just did that on her own? I 100% do. Okay. Not that it probably even really happened in real life. Sure. But I got the impression that that was like one of her gifts to her husband as a new prince was to get rid of some of the mustaches. Because people do that for their husbands. That's a bit of an odd thing to do. (laughs) It was... An odd thing to do anyway. How do you think poor Michael felt? I mean, how would you like it if your boss came to you and said, Chris, I need to ask you a favor? They did that when I went to Callaway. Yeah, you're a student then. There was a, that was a power. Well, I mean, I that was, was a, a power thing. I was that an was employee of Callaway Gardens. Okay. But also, it was, that was my, the only bit I could keep was my mustache. I had to shave the beard and my, right. I had to cut my hair. Dress code. My long hair. Oh, I'm sorry I missed your long hair. That's all right. I would have let you braid it. (laughs) You and every other girl on the band, Buzz. (laughs) 
Don't do me any favors, Chris Harrison. That's all I got. Yeah, the last thing I wrote down was Philip and Mike have another chat. Mike's on his way to Australia. So they have a another talk between the two of them just as buddies. Right. Um, and like I said last time, they remained friends. Yeah. Yeah. They were friends long before Michael worked for him. Right. So there's no reason they shouldn't remain friends. I have another question from last week. Oh, okay. We were talking about the Christmas speeches. They don't call them speeches. They call them messages. Christmas message from the Queen. And in 1956, of course, Philip was on the boat. So he gave a separate Christmas message. Right. You were asking about how they recorded the Queen's message. I have no earthly idea. Yeah. Okay. No idea. And you asked if they recorded Philip's message. I can't even find a transcript of Philip's message from that year. Really? I did find an article that said people were complaining about the quality of the message. That's not terribly surprising. Right. But I got I got nothing. I don't even know what he said. I'm sure it exists. It's just not on the Internet. Right. OK. So I guess those aren't really answers. I could, there are answers. Yeah, that's fine. That was an answer. That was an answer. I don't know. I don't know. Okay. Those are your answers. Got it. Well, they were just making making movie magic. So what did you think? Did you like this episode? I did like this episode, except for the choppiness of it. And that's an editing thing. That's right. You know, but I did like this episode. Oh, I wonder what my favorite part was. You know what my favorite part was? What's that? My favorite part was where Elizabeth and Philip were on the boat talking about how they can't get a divorce. Yeah. Just like at the beginning of episode one. And I didn't like it at the beginning of episode one, but I liked it at the end of episode three. I liked it very much. Interesting. Just because of where we've been between then and now? I think so. Okay. I think so. I got the buildup that I had been looking for. Right. And I was like, what's he going to ask for? Because hmm. she did ask him that at the beginning of episode one. She's like, what will it take? And he's like, are you trying to buy me? Right. She's like, yeah. I wonder if that's what that that filmmaking technique really does is raises tension. Mm-hmm. So you get a scene from the future and then you go all way back in the past and you have to watch this whole build up. But then you're like, wait a second. They did this thing that we saw already. Right. How are we going to get there? Well, I didn't remember that. So I didn't have those feelings. I did like this episode. I know the editing kind of the bouncing around was definitely a little <clears throat> choppy. I may not have noticed it if I hadn't been taking notes. Understood. My favorite part was definitely the scene with uh, Elizabeth and family watching the the film. Aww, that was pretty sweet. Like that's, that's you, the stuff I'd tie into is the the human connection. Yeah, you know, because you want them to have their own lives. You want them to have their own personalities and not have to be on all the time. Yeah, you want them to be able to be real people, and that's they were all do. being real people. Exactly. And that's what really gets me in those moments is when they're they're just being themselves, you know. Mm-hmm. So when Philip and Elizabeth have cute little sexy scenes together, mm-hmm. you know, that really gets to me because 
that's when they're yeah. actually being themselves. Yeah. So kicking the dressers out. Yeah. That's very cute. You know me. Yeah, I do know you. <laughs> You're Chris. I like you. I like you. Many thanks to Jenny Parrott for our theme song. We love the theme song. And we love Jenny Parrott. Yes, we do. Many thanks to our dozen of listeners. Thank you so much for tuning in every fortnight. We appreciate it. Um, Happy New Year. I hope you've had a a safe and wonderful holiday. We did. We did, yeah. We've had good holiday season, for sure. That's all I got. That's all I got, babe. I got you. I got you, babe. I got you, babe. This is really hard to do by myself. Okay. You're not going to help me, are you? Don't have any help to offer. Oh, Chris. You're such a disappointment. Is that a him? No, Chris. No. I know. It's that song from Groundhog Day. Oh, it is, isn't it? Yep. We should play that on the way to Puxatawney in February. (laughs) Mental note. Okay. Okay. We'll do it. I'll see you then. Sounds good. Until then, God save the Queen. God save the Queen. Totally TR time. you so much it's so annoying sometimes (laughs) take your love somewhere else kid poor little puppy let me have a little more of this eggnog okay i still haven't thought of a better word than interesting (laughs) you need to get the thesaurus out between episodes kakoshnik 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 Kakoshkik. I mispronounced that before. I'll have plenty to choose from. Don't worry. Thank you. <laughs> this was a bad story. Um, so far, yeah. See if I can recover. <laughs> um, now I don't even know why I'm telling the story. I don't even know what it relates to in the crown cast. Sounds like bad acting to me. I'm probably just going to cut it all out. Okay. Buy yogurt and yogurt. Thanks. You're welcome. And may the Schwartz be with you. What a world, what a world.